0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. A lot to get into today. We're going to be talking about Russia. And there's a hot button topic, if I've ever seen one. Uh, Of course, we've got me, Rucka and a guy who, you know, the Russians wish they had him as an asset. Some would say they used to. If we look through some of the skeletons in his closet, he has a dark past philosophically. And uh, the Russians, they should have utilized that when they had him. But enough about that. Let's put aside the past, and let's talk about the present. Nikos
1: Sotarikapoulos. Yes. Hi, Raga. Hi, everyone. So the present is that today there was this report that became big news in the, United, in the United Kingdom about how Russia, how far they meddled in their internal affairs. There was apparently something on the Scottish independence referendum. There was not that much, you know, everyone expected to say, Oh, Brexit happens because of the Russians. So there are two things I want to discuss today. The one is this. What is not so much what Russia is doing, because I don't really know about that, but how Russia is portrayed. But also maybe we get the chance to discuss a bit more about whether it's okay to intervene in other countries when we are the good guys and whether we, when we do it for a good cause. And I have to say that foreign intervention was very important in my political awakening because my first politicization was when the serbs when the nato bombed serbia in 1999 and i was together with the 97 percent of the greek population that we supported our orthodox brothers the serbs so the idea was that america is evil because yes maybe milosevic is not the best guy in the world but still you don't have a right to intervene and the same thing happened again with 2003, so the way it was framed back then is that a country should not intervene in another sovereign country because the sovereignty of a country is the most important thing. Even more if this country is democratically elected. So, and the idea was, okay, you know, there was in Serbia, Milosevic was not the best guy, but there was something like a democracy, so this means you haven't got a right to intervene. So what comes first, sovereignty or a sense of morality of saying, well, this country is doing bad things, so we should send our secret agents and maybe sabotage the, the regime?
0: Well, you know, this is a very advanced level subject, let's be clear. I mean, uh, we're basically here on this show and on this, in this organization to promote a philosophy and a philosophy deals with the fundamentals. So now we're being called upon to discuss an advanced level application of philosophy in politics, namely foreign affairs or other uh, foreign yeah foreigners intervening in our business and us intervening in their business and it's very, very advanced so everyone take it with a grain of salt and we'll, we'll try our best. Um, of course, anything in politics is kind of the final stage of the game or close to the end stage of the game it the 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 first question to ask is, you know, how does a what is the nature of man? How does man need to live? And that later can be used to uh, map out the best political system. Uh, you asked what comes first, sovereignty or um, a sense of morality? You know, the, the two are, are ultimately inseparable, let's be clear. When people reject uh, individualism in morality, they end up clinging to the nation state as the only glue that can tie us together, lest we devolve into anarchy and tribal warfare. The solution to tribal warfare, of course, in this instance, is largely being pushed as a, a bigger tribe, the, the nation tribe. Now, I, we're not anarchists. We do believe in a, a, a proper state with a proper purpose of protecting the rights of the individual. And then Whatever the nation does, whatever the country does, whatever the government does, needs to be related to protecting the rights of the individual. In some cases, it means going to war. In some cases, it means maybe espionage overseas and assassinations. These are very advanced level questions of how exactly to carry that out. But sovereignty is not a starting point and it's not an end point. Sovereignty just is just kind of one piece of the puzzle, folks.
1: Yes, and... This is one of, the, I think international affairs is one of the places where most philosophy, there's like no philosophical discussion. And in some way I can understand why. So for example, today is one of these days where the escalation in the Eastern Mediterranean between Greece and Turkey is at the very, very high. So they have our, their military ships out, we have our military ships out, and there's the usual kind of Tension. So when, when, when you are in front of the prospect of war or of, of something that could escalate to, to war, quite often people say that this is where naked power matters. This is where we throw principles out of the window. And this is why quite often in otherwise very reasonable people, the most popular, let's say, international relations theory is what they call realism. And realism goes back to one of my ancestors to, 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 how do you pronounce it? Anyway, Thucydides in Greece, Thucydides, however you people pronounce it. And when he he describes the conflict between Athens, which was the empire of the time, and and, and Milos, which was like a small island, there's this very famous dialogue which includes the phrase, quote, the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must. So the Athens are trying to persuade the millions that you have to surrender because we're going to crush you. So what someone would say is, "Look, you people talk about morality all you want, but even even if you have your you know your very beautiful laissez-faire, free, rational country, and China somehow is a superpower and is about to crush you, then power is the only coin, the only currency." international relations, now i'm making it i'm giving you kind of i'm playing the devil's advocate but there is something i think to that but i think we should go a step beyond so for example let's say we end up in 30 years with china being this kind of superpower and this international bully there are questions to be asked who allowed for for example to china that states in the in the international uh, system who went there and visited them because they want to kind of uh, to 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 outmaneuver Soviet Union. So at the end of the day, although I find realism having a lot of legitimate points, I think that the questions of morality are always there, and and they kind of explain how we ended up where we are. So if Turkey, for example, is aggressive or whatever, then it means at some point in the past we allowed some stuff or the international community or whatever, if there is such a thing. At some point, they said, let's do what works now. And that's why we come back to pragmatism. When you say that pragmatism is the enemy. When you have to take this kind of real, realist approach, odds are that many others did not, and many others took the pragmatist life. Again, I threw too much on the table. But yeah, so realism and power. Look, so for example, I mean... Yeah, sorry, go on.
0: You have an example?
1: Yeah, I was about to give an example. So what, for, what if, for example, if Israel, let's say, I'm partially making this up, let's say they say that the biggest enemy is Iran, so let's buddy up with Saudi Arabia or other regimes there. Yeah, maybe, maybe many there want to kill us as well, but they don't want to kill us as much as the Iranians want to kill us, so let's be buddies with them so that we outmaneuver Iran.
0: I mean uh it's great to use a concrete example to make a point uh look at Israel look at how they're doing their uh their friendships are tentative and and uh worst of all Israel's own uh self-esteem has suffered as a result of pragmatism or beyond pragmatism just guilt for existing and for thriving to the point where Israel feels guilty even uh effectively defending themselves so America is, you know, I think the Iranians are correct to say that America is like the great Satan. I mean, I wouldn't use the word Satan, but we're great. And Israel is small by comparison, size wise. Uh, But kind of the um, a lot of the world hates both countries for a lot of the same reasons, namely that we are relatively capitalist, individualistic, again, relatively in today's context. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the pragmatism or realism Look, I mean, still, even. How do you know what to do? You know, it's like saying, okay, look, I can't be rational. Okay, let's 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 make this about individualism for a moment. As an individual, look, I I, I want to be rational. I want to be I want to think long term and live the best life I can and make make long term plans. But no one else is doing that, so I'm just gonna live short range and just follow my feelings and uh, you know, and just just punch anybody who uh, I feel like punching and form alliances with gangsters on my street I mean how is that going to work out for you right it's not going to work out for you so similarly with with foreign policy I understand there's a lot wrong with the world but if America did what America is supposed to do from the start and if America were to start doing what's proper now that is a rational self-defense with the explicit purpose of defending the lives and property of Americans China would no longer be a threat and probably China would start to resemble America rather than the other way around. Um, yeah. The whole world would, would, would take note and the world looks to America. And frankly, I think the Middle East would also look to Israel as a model to emulate. I know it's, it sounds like a crazy thing to contemplate. But if Israel uh, you know, showed some teeth once in a while, like in, in a real way, people would want to imitate them. But that's a whole other episode.
1: Um, no, it's actually very, very important because... Morality, you cannot have, you can be the most, like, quote, real politic person in the world. You throw morality out of the window, you are disarmed, metaphorically. See, for example, when Israel believed that, yes, it should, we should exist, it was a country that, compared to the population of its enemies, it was like a dot in a football field, as someone, I think, as Netanyahu explained it in, in, in the book. And yet, it managed to defend itself. It managed to bring havoc to the to the terrorists who did the horrendous stuff in Munich '72, and then it was the time when the terrorists could not sleep at night because they knew that we are not safe anywhere in the world. Now this is a very moral stance. It's saying, look, you do something bad, I have a sense of good and bad, and I'm going to punish you. And because we're a country run approximately by a system that allows people to be free, I have better guns. Better uh, intelligence, and I'm in a better position to defend myself. So I think it's very important to dismiss this Thucydidian, which I know it's 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 to this was great, but this that di- supposed dichotomy between morality and real politic, I don't think that it's even there. But to return on the issue of uh, on the issue of Russia, do you think there is some sort of kind of LARPing, like Cold War LARPing with Russia, that we still envision it as this big enemy which battles in our affair. Whereas at the end of the day, it's a country with the GDP, I don't know, with I mean, it's a country which by many standards, it's, it's not on a superpower level. And even, even some military experts says we are kind of overestimating. So do you think that it also plays a role within the internal policy of the West that has this kind of boogeyman, or do you think that it is uh, it is we should have this kind of skepticism and animosity? And I'm not asking this theoretically. This is something that I'm really curious about. Something that I haven't figured out whether we are overreacting or maybe underreacting to to the to the threat, real or not, from Russia.
0: I mean, this is a very, I mean, this is a question of facts and uh, concrete things happening on the ground. I don't know much about Russia and frankly, I don't care. The impression I get is that Russia, even China and Iran and all, basically every possible enemy out there are basically, they've been shooting themselves in the foot forever. America is relatively capitalist, so we have more money to like shoot ourselves in the foot with more expensive bullets and we have kind of more time to kill. But uh, the fact America still stands and is a superpower is at this point, like it's like kind of by default, Uh, just just I mean, just as uh, America needs to be rational in order to thrive and to prosper and to defend itself. The other countries, if they have aspirations of taking over the world, they would need to be rational. Of course, if they were rational, they wouldn't want to take over the world by force. So a bit of a catch 22 there for them. Um, I, I can only say if America is doing what America should be doing, that is, if, if reason is prevailing, if the government comes to reflect this individualistic view of man as the founding fathers largely leaned towards in their writing and founding principles, if that's what America is doing, then it would be very clear. Don't mess with America. Don't try to undermine us. Don't try to attack us. And people would get the message really quick whenever they try anything. I think another question here is, is it an attack on America for, let's say Russia to, you know, buy Facebook ads or whatever it is that they were accused of doing. And again, this is very advanced. This is very advanced. But my opinion at the moment, and this will upset a lot of people, I don't see a problem with anyone around the world buying ads anywhere in the world. It's, it's free speech. And look, if, if, if Joseph Stalin himself buys Facebook ads, does that mean America is going to start voting communist? No, no, I mean, America—we're—we're we're, we're turning communist on our own. Our, in, our own intellectuals in our universities, and at the height of the Cold War, um, Americans were nominating, you know, non-capitalist, mixed economy, pragmatist politicians to represent us. So it's Russia was never America's problem. They're just—they're just kind of like what we're afraid of becoming, but we're doing it to ourselves. So um, free speech, kind of like immigration among free nations should be free and open and if russians want to buy facebook ads to promote a certain candidate that they want americans to vote for americans have volition we have agency to decide if we want to listen to those ads or not we can definitely draw attention to the fact that they're buying those ads but i don't see it as like foreign intervention but again maybe i could be wrong on this particular issue this is very advanced application of political philosophy to a concrete issue um so there i mean but there's my sort of take
1: I have three asterisks on that. The first is, it's a, it's a question, what is the status of the other country? So for example, if you're Israel and Hezbollah, which has the declared, which is basically on war with you, goes to, ad, to buy ads on Facebook, then you could, you could have a di- completely different discussion. Now, you go one step below, like a country which is, let's say, not friends, but you're not at war. I think, as you said, we should at least, it's in our best interest to know. I think if a government, if a foreign government wants to, has some uh, ulterior motives, at least, you know, our special services should know. Sorry, our, uh, the security services should know. So I'm not, I don't think it's exactly the same as if, you know, the Koch Foundation. Or the Soros Foundation or whoever is the evil in most people's minds does. So I, because these people don't own nukes or, or whatever. So that's, that's slight. Although I don't think we disagree because you also said that. Mm-hmm. But I want to make another point and we'll, we'll, we'll close with that. There's something that really annoys me to the people who are obsessed with Russia meddling. That, oh, it's because of Russians that Trump won. It's because of Russians that Brexit won. And this is that it does two things. A, it shows how detached the intellectual elites are from reality. Because the only reason they could believe that people turned their back to them is because of the Russians. Like as if there's no other way that Hillary Clinton could have lost an election if it weren't for the Russians. Or if there's no other way why people would turn their back to the uninspiring central planners of the European Union if it weren't the Russians. That's the one problem. The second problem is it also says something about how they see us, how they see the public. They think that we are completely unthinking automatons. That on such a big issue like Brexit, for example, that we were thinking about it for years, that dominated the public dialogue. That the only way, the only reason we went to vote Brexit is because we saw this. Oh, here's a bot, it's telling me vote Brexit. Oh, yeah, I'll go for, I'll go for for Brexit. This tells you a lot about how these people see us and how seriously they take our capacity to reason.
0: Yeah, look, there's no question that the materialistic, deterministic view that people have of people that kind of ends up shaping laws or what people advocate for law. So it, it, you shouldn't be So there should be a limit then on how much you can donate to a candidate, because if the candidate has enough money, he can just brainwash everyone into voting for him. That's the way people see people. But again, all roads lead to the philosophy classroom and education. And, that, and it's not true. People can choose for themselves. They can decide for themselves, which is why the left is still frustrated. As much as they're sort of winning, they're also frustrated and getting a- a- angry at the, at the fact that, that we're not completely um uh, nihilist communist egalitarian cambodian whatever it is they're trying to bring about uh just lest i end up sounding like a pacifist libertarian i was talking about it in in the context of sort of a relationship between like america and russia where i'm not sure that russia is actively trying to hurt americans but when it comes to a country let's say uh iran who are explicitly and open openly saying death to america so there's no question there it's not it's not hushed like in Saudi Arabia, and it's not kind of confusing and Russian like in Russia. It is blatantly open. In such a case as a country like that, Iran may not buy Facebook ads here. I mean, they, would, they wouldn't be able to if we would have, you know, if America would have dealt with them much a long time ago. But no, I mean, when someone is is directly actively inciting and threatening against Americans, they, those people may not uh, speak freely on American soil and. And Americans cannot um, advocate for that national country while the war is while the, uh, for that nation while the war is on. So you might, now I went from sounding like a like a like a libertarian pacifist. Now I'm actually saying free speech actually is limited when in time of war when it comes to advocating for the enemy. So absolutely, Ooh. I want to I want to differentiate. There are countries we're actively at war with. And then there's countries that, you know, we're kind of in a cold sort of relationship with. So I know I opened that can of worms right when we're out of time. But no, when in time of war, you know, you, I mean, uh, everyone needs to just fall back while the war is going on. But but again, pragmatism brings about these endless open ended wars where it's never really declared. And it's never exactly what. So it becomes impossible to deal with these exact situations. So, I'm, you know, I realize how complicated it is. But yes, uh, you. I just, I just pit, now. I made sure to piss off everybody in case there was anyone who felt left
1: out. Good. So we pissed off everyone uh, without being Russian bots. So good for. Although if we were, we wouldn't declare it openly. So I don't think anyone is 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 reassured. So uh, more on that in the future. Be safe. Be. No, that, that was more to my co patrons because everyone is worried that, you know, we might go to war. But uh, hopefully, you know, reason and individualism, if only would prevail, uh, the world would be a better place. Anyway, have a good evening, everyone, a good day and a good afternoon, wherever you are. Bye-bye.